This is Jeremy Beasley. You're listening to H10 Hanshin Tigers English News. Thanks once again, bees. We are back with a fresh episode just for you, fellow Hanshin Tigers fan. Welcome to episode 192 on this rainy Tuesday, February the 19th. It's Monday, February the 19th, here in Nishinomiya, <laughs> Japan. I'm the founder of H10, T Ray, and joining me from Hawaii on a Sunday is Sanjay. Aloha, brother. Aloha, brother, T Ray. It is also a little bit on the cool side here in Honolulu. And I'm just switching over to Celsius. Uh, it is 21 degrees in Honolulu. But it Ooh, was, it's a little bit was, chilly for. It was below 20 this morning. So if my voice Ooh. sounds a little bit um, hoarse, uh, I'm trying to stave off a cold here. You know, I don't tease anyone for not being able to handle cooler weather because I'm a Canadian and I complained about the cool weather in Okinawa at times when I was living down there. Speaking of Okinawa, my friend, I'm leaving tomorrow for a nice one week. Well, it's not a vacation. It's a mission uh, to take care of some fine folks coming from America to check out the NPB spring training camps. So I'm super excited to be heading down south. I will be catching some Hanshin Tigers and I will be able to report firsthand all sorts of stuff on our next episode. But today we are going to do the sequel or the rebuttal of our previous episode, which was entitled Why the Tigers won't repeat in 2022. This one, of course, will be called Why We Will Repeat in 2024. Pardon me. I don't know how I got 2022 in there. I guess I got to warm up a bit. Sanjay, are you ready for the show? You better believe it, brother T, right? Bring it on. You're better. You're more ready than I am because I'm still stumbling over my words. Let's hit it. Rumors and news. Rumors and news. I don't know what it is. I guess maybe it's still spring and I'm still not on my podcasting game, but let's do what we can here. Um, as you all know, the team has been down in Okinawa and that's the top and farm squads since February the 1st, working out, trying to make their case for being on the opening day roster and so on and so forth. But let's talk about some of the folks that are struggling or having injuries or whatever. Um, and we'll also give you some other uh, good news as well. So, uh, first of all, we look at the catchers and um, Hayato Nakagawa, who is, I think, entering his third year on the team out of high school. So he's 20 years old. Uh, he injured his right leg. It's supposed to be a minor injury. But uh, as of February the 10th, he was not working out with the team. I haven't heard anything since. Um, but since it was a minor injury, I'm assuming he is back or will be back very soon. But also, Okada kind of let loose a little bit about another one of our catchers named Nagasaka, Kenya Nagasaka. He injured his elbow. I don't know how serious that is. It was just a casual comment by Okada. And since none of the reporters have given that any uh, you know, further attention, I feel like probably it's not a huge deal. Yeah, um, the only thing I heard was that Okada was complaining that they don't have enough catchers, catcher bodies around for to go to satisfy the demand for both the top and second teams 
Right. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I expressed concern about back at the draft. I was like, we, I think we need to pick up another catcher or maybe two because we're running out of guys. And again, you get a couple of injuries and all of a sudden you're shorthanded. Um, we'll still be able to play games, but uh, to get all those bullpens in, and I know we have extra bullpen catchers, but you know, you're still uh, playing with a couple of guys on the sidelines. They are less able to communicate with pitchers, get used to their pitches, formulate game plans and so on. So it's really unfortunate. One of the catchers that is active, though, uh, received a little bit of uh, a tongue lashing, if you will, from veteran pitcher Takumi Akiyama. And that would be Kento Fujita, who I think is entering his fifth year out of high school. And so Akiyama basically said, he's got to figure this out because, first of all, he's not as on the ball as our main catchers. And he needs to start being able to pick up on some things that uh, he hasn't yet. So I guess they played in a farm game, was it yesterday? And I yes. think the farm team got shellacked by a local Okinawa uh, Shakaijin uh, Industrial League team. I think they lost 8-2. to two. Yeah, and uh, I think the part of the issue was that Akiyama had, um, you know, pitched with uh, pitch to Fujita last year. And he said, there's been no improvement from last year. Like, what did he learn over the last year? I thought I taught him what he needed to know, and it obviously mm -hmm. didn't stick. Right. So uh, we shall see if that results in him feeling that kick in the butt and doing something about it or just remaining the Fujita that he's been so far. Again, he's only 22 years old, so he has lots of time to grow. But of course, we draft guys out of high school with the hopes that they will be ready before their, um, their equals, their peers, um, make it out of university and get drafted, right? Otherwise, yeah. why wouldn't we have just told these kids like, why don't you go to university and polish your game there, right? I mean, they paid four years of his salary now, so. Yeah. So you can say, I told you so. Well, yeah, but to whom, right? And I, <laughs> I, I told people so about one thing and got about 105 wrong, so it's all good. Um, let's talk a little bit more about, well, some, some minor tweaks and injuries. Um, Yuki Nishi apparently hurt his calf, but it's not viewed as serious. And Okada had said, well, he's thrown enough bullpens that, you know, his form is what it needs to be. And, uh, since this is not an issue with an elbow or a shoulder, it's not a big deal. Works for me. Right, I think, is that it for injuries and tweaks and guys that are on the, uh, on the mend. I know we have other guys that have been on the mend for a long time, like Takahashi and Ogawa and stuff. We don't really need to bring them right, up, right, right. but yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about some of the other players though. So Yuasa actually kind of received a bit of a scathing review from Okada uh, during spring training. He said he's not nearly what he, where he should be. And so Yuasa turned around and yesterday he threw a shutout inning, um, allowing no base runners. So we will see how that plays out, but uh, that might be a story to follow in the months to come as we head into the regular season, yeah? That's right. I mean, Iwazaki, it looks like he wants to be the closer again this year, even though Yuasa might be wanting to take that back and Gera might be wanting to take it and Shiba might be wanting to take it. I think it's still uh, Iwazaki's job to lose. What do you think? I totally, totally agree. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes down. Um, on the flip side of that, though, Sato has not been receiving any um, critical reviews from Okada. And that's unusual because all of last year, Sanjay, you probably remember this just as well as I do. Yeah. Um, every chance he got, Okada was saying something about what Sato was doing wrong. Well, I think he, he did try and uh, hint at 
the continued need for Sato to um, work on his defense more, mm. but at least it's it's less scathing than it used to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like there's been complete silence when it comes to Sato, but it just hasn't been uh, near as much as it used to be. And it seems to me that um, a lot of people are looking forward to seeing him take that next step. You know, Sato hit 24 bombs in his rookie year, 20 in his second season, and then 24 last year. And I think Okada did say, you know, he's not the type that should be happy hitting home runs in the 20s. He should be upwards of 30 or more and maybe even contending for the home run title. Yeah. And I think Sato too himself said his goal for 2024 is 40 dingers and 100 RBI. So they're on the same page there. Good. Good. That's great. Okay. Um, what else? Nakano. I read this interesting article. Um, apparently, he hasn't been really trying to get a ton of hits during the preseason games so far, the practice games, but rather he's been working on fouling pitches off. The yeah. reason is obviously to to figure out his timing just perfectly for the pitcher's different stuff in their arsenal. If he can foul off enough pitches, he'll get one that he really likes and be able to smack it because his goal for this year, the batting title. Yeah. Go for it, brother. Most hits in one year, not enough for him. He wants the best average as well. So looking forward to that. Um, other players uh, that have been talked about. It looks like we still don't know who the opening day pitcher is going to be. Um, the initial prognosis heading into the offseason was that it would be Murakami. But Aoyagi is making a case for him getting a second year in a row. And of course, there's guys like Ito and Otake and Saiki that are also probably in the mix as ones that want that role as well. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, Okada kind of said it, 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 he doesn't care who it is, almost in the sense that uh, anyone he throws out there is going to be good enough to be a, an opening day pitcher. And remember, we talked about this last time too. But do you really want to be the opening day pitcher and go up against the ace pitcher for the other team every time or through the rotation? Because you're not going to win the most wins if you do that. Exactly, because it's not just going to be on opening day that you're facing the other team's ace, right? Unlike MLB, and I'm kind of saying this for the sake of maybe our, our new NPB fans that are listening, you know, it's a six-man rotation and it's a six-game week. So if you're pitching on Friday, you're pitching on Friday every mm -hmm. week. It's, it's mm -hmm. not like, you know, you're going to get your date staggered or anything like that. And what that means is that opening day is Friday. Everyone tends to bring their ace then. The next Friday, it's still going to be just a different team's ace every time through so yeah it really doesn't matter who it is but if you are the opening day pitcher you have got yourself one heck of a challenge to uh, lead the league in wins uh because you're going to be facing some tough opposing pitchers never mind the hitters yeah there you go yeah one last bit of news um and this one uh relates to some practice games that are going to be taking place on march the 6th and 7th at kyosara dome osaka uh between samurai japan and a team of delegates or representatives from Europe. So it's a Samurai Japan team, and two of our guys have been named to the team. Two hitters, no pitchers. I was a bit surprised about that. Yeah, We've got Morishita and Nakano that will be on that team. Yeah, and that explains why they've been getting uh, more at-bats in these uh, practice scrimmage game type games than the other players because he uh, Okada wants to make sure that their their eyes are used to the um, game situations, pitchers. Right. I I can't help but wonder. Like I don't know this for sure, but when are they going to be departing the Tigers' camp? Or 
I'm sure they're going to be staying in Okinawa right to the end because I think camp goes till the 27th and that still gives right. them over a week to get ready for these two games. And, you know, this isn't like a big tournament or a team that really needs to gel for these games because they're not playing with anything at stake really, right? Yeah, I agree. I think they'll make it to the last day of camp. All right. What well, we've purposely left out our imports because... Did you hear something? Coming in from around the world, foreign imports. That's right. Here we are to talk about our guys who came to Japan from overseas. As you know, they all have arrived in Japan safely and they are all at camp. However, unfortunately, Sanjay, we've got a couple of injuries to report. Um, noisy. It seems like it's not as serious, but he did hurt his elbow and took some time off from workouts. And I think he missed one of the practice games because of the elbow. Am I right? So he is not hitting because the, oh. the pain in the elbow is hurting, hurt, hurts when he swings the bat. So he has okay. been hitting for a few days, but he has been at practice every day, as far as I know. Uh, but you're right. He missed a game. Uh, but just a few hours ago, I was watching Sky A. And mm. the uh, the announcers are just kind of singing his praises because he was out there in the outfield shagging fly balls, like pretending it was a game situation and, and playing defense the whole time. And said, how many import players do you know that have that kind of work ethic where they're, they're hurt and they're still out there putting in the work that they can do? So then said, yeah. And, and he's obviously helped the team last year with his defense and he's really... Um, as proud of his defense, or even prouder of his defense, I guess, than the numbers that he put up last year on offense. So um, he's he's well, and he's out there, and he's doing stuff. And as we said in our last show, there's some big competition for those two outfield, uh, corner outfield spots. So I think he has to put the work in to prove that he wants it, right? Yeah. Because if he takes time off, there's plenty of guys that are going to be, pardon my redundancy of using this term, but chomping at the bit to get that role, to get that playing time. There's a lot of guys that want it. And, you know, Sanjay, I don't know about you, but when I watch the Tigers practices or when I watch even the game highlights and I see all these different guys aiming for those corner outfield positions, I'm rooting for all of them, but you can't, well, you can, but only two of them are going to win in the end. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we can talk a little bit more about that in a future show, like who your favorites are, who you'd like to see in the opening day Um starting nine, that type of thing. We'll probably do that as the season gets closer. But let's move on to um, another import, another one that's hurt himself, and that would be Jeremy Beasley, who uh, opened our show for us uh, with his greeting. Um, he's got an issue with his right shoulder, and he left yeah. the top squad camp on the 14th, and he joined the farm camp, but he won't be throwing down there. And um, Okada just used one word, akang, unacceptable or no good. But he also said, I don't know what he did. Right. So we're not so. sure what the injury was caused by. We don't really know the extent of it. I mean, we do know that he's not throwing now and that he's on the farm camp. But, you know, will he be ready in time for exhibition games? Will he be ready in time for opening day? That remains um, one of those question marks that we have not yet resolved. Lastly, why don't you take us through what's going on with our new guy? Avi Guerra, and you know what? Um, you you read some of my notes from last time. 
Um, so I re I'm repeating a little bit, but all the reviews have been that he looks really, really good. Uh, he's got a little bit of a short arm motion. Um, the back, the take back is a little bit short, mm -hmm. and and the ball really jumps off out of his uh, his hand. And he's got good control. Like he's, you know, Okada was initially worried about, you know, a, a wild pitcher with good velo, but turns out that he's, his control is quite good. They all love him. And then I just saw additionally that he, they went through fielding drills and surprise, uh -huh. surprise, the former shortstop was outstanding in the fielding drills as well. And addition, additionally, batting practice, he was roping it. So the guy is literally a five tool player that's going to be on the mound and throwing gas. Um, I'm just really looking forward to him. It wouldn't surprise me if he just grabs the closer role from Iwasaki somewhere in, during the season. Could very well happen. I mean, definitely he's got the gas to do so, throwing, what, 100, 101 miles per hour. So um, looking forward to seeing what he can do for sure. You always know, though, that Okada is going to be less reluctant to use guys that are dependable in the field, right? He's kind of a defense first manager. And if he sees that instability in the players, I mean, that's one of the reasons that he was riding Sato so hard is because his defense was so shaky, right? Once yeah. that straightens out, he's going to have way less to say about Sato. And when he sees Guerra fielding like a pro, um, there's not much to say. Exactly. Or not, you know, good stuff to say, I should say, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, we go from imports to exports, and maybe for the last time, do each. Do each. Do each. Chicken with Fujinami. Do each. Chicken with Fujinami. So, Sanjay, we mentioned last show that Fujinami has signed with the New York Mets. We also mentioned that he would be heading to Florida on February 11th. What's going on? So he actually did uh, end up in Port St. Lucie with Senga. Um, that's where the uh, New York Mets are holding their spring training. And uh, the reason why it was never officially announced is because of roster issues where the Mets needed to place two players on the disabled list in order for to activate um, or officially sign Fujinami. That was done. And he gets his old number from the Tigers days, number 19. So it's Ju Q. Uh, and uh, apparently, though, his visa is still not ready. Hmm. But he was in uniform um, pitching yesterday, today, yesterday. So, uh, okay. you know, he's making progress. That's good news. Um, great. Yeah. Um, so actually, I talked to Jimbo about the jingle. And now that he's on a team that we know that, well, it seems he'll be on the team all year, you know. We can get rid of the Ju Ichi and maybe, I don't know if it'll be Ju Q or not. Look forward to that the next time we report about Fujinami. But of course, wishing him all the best with his new team in Queens. Kanbare Fuji. Yeah. And for the first time in 2024, it's time to do a little recapping, believe it or not. Recap! So we'll keep this short and sweet because these games are, well, relatively meaningless, I guess. It's just more or less to see how the guys are doing, who's seeing the ball well, who's throwing the ball well, and so on. And so last week, so we're talking, what, nine, eight days ago and seven days ago, um, the team had a couple of intra-squad games. So it's the whites against the red, right? It's the Kohaku, I guess, red yeah. against white. Um, on Sunday, 
I think the whites are the ones that beat the reds five to four. I don't remember. Doesn't really matter. Uh, Mia says hit a two run home run and Montbetsu threw two innings of one run ball. Uh, it was an unearned run. And Maya Gawa, who is chasing one of those corner outfield positions, went four for four with a walk. So really impressing with the bat on that day. Mm hmm. But Sanjay, you mentioned something about him, and maybe there's somebody else as well in there that uh, got Okada's attention, and it was for something else. Yeah, it was uh, him and Sakurai, I believe, and um, and they they came up to bat uh, with a man on, and the steal sign was on, and they went ahead and swung at the first pitch anyway, and popped out the, the outfield, and he was saying like. I don't care if it was a really fat pitch who's going to give them a, a single. That's situational. That's the lack of situational awareness. If you really want to help the team, stay on the top squad. You got to know if the steal is on, you don't swing at the first pitch. You take one for the team. You, if you have one strike on and you swing at the second strike, okay. But no, no, no. Don't do that. That's not how you earn a spot as a contributing member of the top team. And he followed right. that up by saying, um, Obata, on the other hand, with, with a man on third, pulled a different difficult pitch on purpose to the right side, ensuring that the run scored from third. He goes, that's the kind of player that we need. Right. So he, he basically kind of uh, said, these guys think that the only way to get my attention is to get hits. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Said, so well, on Monday, a week ago, uh, they played each other again. It was different players in the lineup possibly, uh, but it was a two to two tie. Sato led off with a home run and our new guy, Kane Fukushima. Should we just call him Kane on this show? We just be Kane. Kane. Yeah. It's quicker. It sounds cool. Uh, hit, got an RBI and stole a base and only did I hit an RBI double and another development player who was formerly not a development player. Kawahara looked good in this one as well. So it's always good to just see players performing well, regardless of how they're doing it or who they're doing it against. Yeah, he did look good. So uh, now we're on to some quote unquote real games. Well, the very first, what they call the Taigai GI, right? The first game against another team mm -hmm. took place two days ago against the Eagles. And it was a home game for us. And we took them down four to three. Yay. We got our runs on. And I don't remember the innings and it's kind of not so important now. Um, Sato and Umeno hit RBI singles, uh, a run scored on a wild pitch. And as you alluded to earlier, Obata hit a G3 to score, I guess, what ended up being the fourth run of the game. Which was kind of a good thing to have because... Yeah. <laughs> the last inning was where it came close to not being a win. Well, Aoyagi and Ito each threw one clean inning. And then Mombetsu came in in relief in the third and threw three clean innings. Um, Urushihara... And Okadome also threw clean innings, but Hamachi allowed a run. I think that was maybe the sixth inning. And then Shiba, our new second round pick, allowed two runs in the ninth inning. And the tying run was on third base uh, when we got the win. Yeah. So his pitches uh, were, were high. Yeah. And I think he probably recognized that, well, maybe it's not as easy as I thought, or like, I still have a lot of work to do. Nothing wrong with that. You know, get that out of the way early. Exactly. And that's why I Okada almost, made a pitch then. Yeah. I almost feel like it's better for them to find those things that they need to work on after their first game, as opposed to throwing a clean inning and getting a false sense of confidence. I totally agree. Yeah. So that leads us to yesterday and we went on the road 
just down the road, really, to face the Hiroshima carp in ok Okinawa City. And uh, our bats um, raked to the tune of 15 hits, somehow only scoring four runs. Yeah, that's but not a when you've got a when you got a pitching staff <laughs> like ours, that don't matter. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say 15 hits and four runs is not exactly commendable. No, well, in the first three innings, I think they got six hits and three walks, so they had nine guys reach base and only one scored. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, um, Itohara with an RBI ground out to third, Sakamoto with a two RBI double, and Kane with an RBI as well. As for our pitching, as I said, it was a 4-0 win. So Murakami with two perfect innings, uh, Saiki with two clean innings, Ishii with one, Oyokawa with two perfect, Kirishiki with one, and Yuasa with one perfect inning as well. We only allowed three hits in those nine innings. And somehow, Okada still said at the end, yeah, I really thought we were going to control them a little bit better than we did. <laughs> oh. He was looking for a perfect game, I guess. Well... You got to hold this team to high standards, right? Yeah, but he did say that it's hard to not play a, a kid like Kane. Like he can feel, he can uh, run fast, he can play defense, he can oh, feel and play defense, he can hit the ball. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not going to be long before. I mean, during the spring, definitely he's going to be kept using, uh, being used in these defensive replacement situations. Yeah, you can't help but wonder. I think the team has two or three roster spots available still because the, the limit is 70. And Kane is a development player, um, in case you were unaware, um, meaning that he's ineligible to play on top squad games in the regular season unless he has his contract restructured, which it's looking like that could be a possibility. Any day now, almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it could it could happen during the spring. Um, Noguchi, who is aiming for one of those corner outfield spots, is an example of a guy who went from development to regular contract, and he still hasn't played on the top squad in a regular season game because it just uh, his contract just changed this past off season. But it can be done. Ono that is another example of that, right? Exactly. Yeah. So lately, we're developing these young guys quite well, or the development contract seems to be doing what it's intended to do, right? Yeah. I kind of I kind of like the idea in a way, Sanjay, um, to an extent, if we can just kind of go down a, a side road here a little bit. Um, I like the fact that when you sign when you draft and sign a guy to that development contract, his um his signing bonus is very low, if it exists at all. Signing bonus and his monthly paycheck, both. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean it's it's like uh Probably like university vital, you know, part time job. Not quite that bad, but it's it's really no, it is it's bad. really quite it is yeah. Um, and so it really gives them that hunger. Like I better get myself onto a regular contract ASAP, right? Yeah. On the other hand, I kind of don't like it for guys like remember Itayama, who was with us until this past year. Um, he signed a development deal with the Chunichi Dragons, and he'll be turning thirty before this season starts, just before the start of the season. But I just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like he's not a development player if he's 30 and he still hasn't cracked that top roster. Well, I was going to agree wholeheartedly with you until I thought, what, what was the timeline for Shimamoto? Well, Shimamoto just turned 31 this year. So he got rid of his development player status in 2015, which means at that time he would have been 22, 23. 22, 22, when he got rid of okay. it. 
Okay. Yeah. He didn't do a whole lot on the top team until much later. Right. And also, yeah, yeah, like he, I mean, he, he had five years on that development players contract, but what I'm saying is like, he was young when he got signed to that deal or when he, when he was on that deal, he wasn't 30 when he got it. Right. Right, So like, even with, with Takahashi for us, I kind of, I mean, I get it because he can't play. Yeah. 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 But Itaimo wasn't injured. So anyways, that's another topic for another show. I think we've got hotter topics to talk about. And so let's hit that hot topic button right now. So I had to, um, you know, preface the last show by reassuring everybody that I didn't feel like our team was doomed to not repeat as champions, but I really wanted to save the better episode for later, which is now. And the hot topic is why the Tigers will repeat in 2024. A little bit more cheerful, yeah? Yay! (laughs) So I've got roughly seven reasons that I can see that we are going to repeat or things that indicate that we could that we have a great shot at repeating. Let's go. So we'll start from the top. If you want to add some comments, you can. If you want to find, like if you have some new ones that just get sparked from anything I say, then by all means, uh, jump in and throw in some new reasons. The first one is that I'm seeing a trend, especially in the Central League, well, I guess even in the Pacific though, that repeat championships happen, right? The Buffaloes are on a three championship streak before that i think it was the hawks with two straight the the lions with two straight and the hawks with two or three straight before that and in the cl the only exception in recent years was the 2015 swallows who only won one and that was really kind of a fluke like everybody kind of recognizes it as such but you know you look at pre-swallows it was the giants i think in three straight and before that it was the dragons in two straight So that leads us all the way back to 2010. And then after that 2015 Swallows team, it was the Carp for three straight, the Giants for two straight, and the Swallows for two straight. So unless that 2023 championship was a fluke, I could really see the Tigers doing it again in 2024. And you know, you and I know, that was no fluke. No, uh, it definitely wasn't. I mean, we won the league by 11 and a half games, and that was after we took our foot off the gas at game 128. So there were 15 games left, and we had a 13-game lead at that, that time. You know, So if we had played hard all the way to the end, not that we needed to, but it could have easily been like a 16 or 17-game um, championship. And mm-hmm. when you have that big of a gap between your team and others... I mean, it takes some serious reinforcements from other teams or um, some serious decline from our team for those numbers to change that drastically. Yeah. Yeah. So even going back to our last pennant, and this is kind of reason number two in a way, um, 2005, the Tigers won the pennant, and I think they had 87 wins that year. And then in 2006, they didn't win the pennant. Actually, the Dragons won it in 06. And the fact of the matter is the Tigers actually had 85 wins that year yeah okada says that a lot yeah so and that's i actually stole that from okada so yeah um just all that to say that okada is not the type to lead a team to a poorer record the year after a championship he's already kind of proven that the 06 team was extremely strong it's just that the dragons happen to be stronger but i personally don't see any other team um coming up from below us and 
overtaking us. They would need to have a fluky year and have everything yep. go right for them to beat us. Yep. And we'll get to this um, towards the end of this hot topic, as well as in future episodes when we preview other teams. Um, nobody's really done a ton to make themselves remarkably better. Like some teams have addressed some of their issues, but there's still a lot of holes in a lot of those teams. So point number three, not a single one of our main players is over the hill. Yes, this is huge. Yes. So if you go back to the 85 team that won the Japan series, like Kakefu was getting old, Bass was already kind of old. Um, Okada wasn't particularly old then, but Mayumi was up in age as well, right? I mean, mm -hmm. some of those yeah. main cogs, they were well over 30, right? You look at this year, Shikamoto's 29, Oyama's 29, um, Sato is 25 next month. He's still 24. Isn't um, the old man Umeno? Umeno is, yeah, he's 32. Man, right? He'll be 33 this year. And he's yeah. not e he's arguably not even the starting catcher, right? <laughs> yeah. Nakano's 27, 28, right? Kinami's 29. Noisy's 28. Yeah. Um, Morisa's 24. And then you look at anyone that's trying to get playing time from them, they're all younger than them. Yep. Literally, like you said, Umeno is the oldest position player on the team. Right? I think Haraguchi yeah. is a few months behind him, but they're both in their age 32, age 33. How do you count that, man? If they're in their age 33 season, does it mean they're turning 33 or they are 33? I think they could be turning 33. Okay, so that would be then they're in their age 33 season, technically. Well, anyways, yeah. and then you even look at the pitching staff, right? Like the old guys on the pitching staff are Yuki Nishi, who I don't know if he's going to be in the rotation, man. And not because of skills <laughs> and not even because of age, just because of all the skill around him. Yeah. Um, And then in the relief squad, I think the oldest guy might be Kajia. I could be wrong. And I think he's 32. So, and, oh, sorry, and uh, Iwasaki as well is 32. Right. And Iwasada. But yeah, still, um, 32 is by no means uh, the start. Well, it could, it could be the start of a decline, but it's not going to be a sharp decline, I don't think. I think um, we still got a very strong bullpen, a very strong rotation, and we've got really strong pieces on the field and in that batting order. Nobody is over the hill. And point number four, four is that very few of the main players had their career year in 2023 right yeah, so it's not like again yeah. sorry speaking of flukes right it's not like well all of a sudden five of our guys had their best every year no they they all five of our guys can do way better than they did last year is more like it yeah oyama in a lot of ways had a down year i mean he did have the best on-base percentage of anyone in the cl but his home runs were at a well, not a career low, but certainly since he's established himself, it's a career low of 19, mm -hmm. right? Sato maybe had a career best year, but he's still on an upward trend. He's trending upward, right? Nakano's yeah. year was about par for the course. It was a little bit better, but not like leaps and bounds better than anything he'd done before. Mm -hmm. Same for Chikamoto, you know, kind of par for the course year for him. Um, I would argue like Kinami might have had a little bit of a better year than 
anyone expected. And that's yeah, it. I agree. But that's that's about it. Well, that and and on the on the pitcher side, I, if you're going to get to that, yeah. You know, well, tell tell me some of the pitchers that you think might be in for a bit of a decline or regression this year. Well, um, this kind of goes back to what we said a little bit last time too. But I don't think that Murakami, who did have a career year, is going to regress one bit. He's just going to keep on going. That train's going to keep rolling. Mm -hmm. But I do think that Otake might have a little bit of a coming down to earth. I don't think Ito Masashi is going to have a, a, any blip back down. He's going to continue to go. And in fact, he's going to throw better this year. He's going to actually get the what minimum innings, regulation innings pitch to qualify for titles or whatever it is. So yeah. I think he got the Tokyo Kaisu this last year. He did. He barely reached he, it, I think, for the first time in his career. Okay. Yeah. I think he got it. he's got more in his tank than that. Yeah. And then, you know, even looking at the uh, relievers, like Iwazaki was pretty much par for the course. I mean, he did have an outstanding year. You know, his 177 ERA and 163 batting average against was elite. But he's kind of been an elite reliever for the past, oh, what, five years? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's machine. He's a machine. Um, Iwasada didn't have a career year. Um, in the rotation, Aoyagi had a terrible year. He's bound to bounce back because he's too good to sit at four uh, four fifty seven for his ERA. Um, yeah, Ito had one hundred forty six innings pitched, so he did reach it. Yeah. Psyche is going to reach it this year, I think. Right, yeah. he had one hundred eighteen innings, but I think he's going to reach it. I think he's, truth be told, man, I think he's the staff ace. He's 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 special. He's up there with in terms of like um, ability. Like I think Fujinami had all the potential. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, so just looking at this list, Kirishki is going to keep getting better as well. I mean, he had a great year, but I think he still just looks outstanding, right? Um, just too many good pitchers. Yuasa is going to come back and do better than he did last year as well. So forgive me for being the broken record, but Mombetsu, Mombetsu, Mombetsu. Yes. He's yes, going to be something yeah. special. Everybody's talking about him. I mean, we're not just talking about, you know, Tigers fans or Tigers journalists or Tigers coaches. I mean, it's a lot of the experts that are going to the Tigers camp. They're like, who is this guy? And he is destined to break out. Mm -hmm. So can't wait. Yep. And that brings me to point number five, man. Depth, depth, depth <laughs> is what I've written. We're, we're yeah. deep. We are deep. Okay, let's start with the rotation and just looking at last year's starting six or the main starting six, right? You've got Murakami, Ito, Otake, Saiki, Aoyagi, Yuki Nishi. Those were the main six last year, right? Yep. They could all still do outstanding. Yep. None of them are like pushovers or, oh, he might get sent down to the farm types. Nope. Right? Then on top of that, you've got who else is going to be coming in and, and, and hoping for that, you know, extra time. As you said, Mombetsu is one who looks yep. like he's destined to be part of the rotation. Um, I could see a case being made for like Oyokawa, who's looking to get into the rotation this year. Bees. Right. Beasley. Haruto mm -hmm. Takahashi is probably going to be coming back 
we're hoping anyways, maybe after the all-star break. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's a lights out pitcher as well. Akiyama is, well, he's going to try. I, I can't say he's going to do anything necessarily, but he's not going to go uh, down. Yeah. He's yeah. not going to go down without a fight. Agreed. Yeah. You know, who's looking good today and but the bullpen was um, Hamachi. Ooh. He's looking okay. really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, I just thought of a really corny joke that I heard on Neketsu Taiga's though. It's kind of, it, it's Japanese, so it doesn't fully translate and it kind of does because Nakada, you know, Nakada Yoshihiro? Yeah. He used to be a pitcher for the Tigers back in the 80s. He does like a bullpen check and he goes, how much? Ikura? Yeah. How much? <laughs> and it kind of double plays because Hamachi and Ikura are both kind of uh, like seafood type stuff as well as Hamachi and how much Ikura. Sushi. Being. Yeah. Exactly. Too clever. Anyway, anyways, um, Kirishiki as well is going to be an amazing part of that bullpen. Um, Kajiya Okadome is going to come out again and do, or he's going to keep growing. And so we just got too many good pitchers. And then you look at the uh, starting lineup, right? So you've got Umeno and Sakamoto at catcher. Either of them, mm -hmm. we could ride either of them to the championship. Um, but I think splitting the time is the wisest decision and will lead now, to did you see being even better. Did you see that Okada said he was going to mix them up this time? So that so? it's not always Sakamoto going against the, the pitchers with a good control. And mm. it's not always um, Umeno um, with the power pitchers. Because the other teams are going to have figured out patterns. And he's like, nah, let's, let's just see what kind of new, new combinations and ways of fighting we can establish with uh, different combinations. I like that. I like that. So then at first base, well, if Oyama goes down uh, or something happens or whatever, which is kind of doubtful, he's an Iron Man, but Onodera could step up at first base. Haraguchi yep. could step in at first base. Yep. And they're definitely no Oyama, but they're fully capable. Second base, you got Nakano. Who do you think would be the second option at second base? Ooh. I know, a bit, a bit tricky there, right? It's tricky. I mean, yeah, you, you, you could. I, I believe Kumagai has been working out there. Um, Kumagai, Ueda, Ueda, um, yeah, Ueda. You know, Watanabe. Watanabe more third, no? I mean, he's got experience at second. I think that's what he played yeah. with the fighters. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not, I'm not. I'm not saying these are guys that are equal to Nakano by any means, but just that we have options and we have guys that are experienced at the Ichigun level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at third, backing Sato would be, I would say Onodera is an option there as well. Um, as is Watanabe. Right. Um, Itohara. Itohara, yeah. Right. At shortstop behind um Kinami, we've of course got Obata. Yeah. And, and we've that's got actually young almost guys. not behind. It's almost not behind. Um yeah. kind of says that they're like starting uh they're at the start line standing together right yeah so kinami hasn't been guaranteed the job yeah i mean the only real guys that have been guaranteed their jobs are oyama nakano and chikamoto i believe exactly right yeah, yeah. and then getting to the outfield and speaking of depth i mean okay so we had morista and noisy as our main guys right and then stepping up behind them um i'll name a few and then i'm gonna forget some but we've got maegawa who's looked excellent right mm -hmm. we've got inoue Mm -hmm. We've got Noguchi. Yep. 
Mieses. Yeah. Help me out here. There's more. Did you say Onodera already? I didn't, but Onodera is definitely looking for more than just being a backup to infielders. He wants that starting role in the outfield as well. Yeah. Um, I suppose Shimada is an option there as well. I'm not too keen on him, but he's there as well. Um, and then young guys there as well, right? We've got like our Itzibo and a few other guys that are in the development stage, but they are capable, I think, of at least getting some playing time there as well. Yeah. So as I said, we will talk more about who we hope is going to be um, on the top squad roster on opening day in a future episode. Let's move on to point number six. And that is that from my understanding, from what I've seen, rival teams have really abused their relievers in recent years. And I feel like our team really doesn't do that. And so what I'm trying to get at here is I think our team was good at taking advantage of other teams' bullpens last year. We came from behind yep. quite a bit. Yep. We won a lot of tight games because our relievers held them to zero and theirs didn't hold us to zero. Agreed. And so I found a YouTube channel of somebody who did a video on who the most abused relievers were last year. And he has something called the RAP, which is the reliever abuse points. <laughs> And I don't have the formula to share with you right now, and it would take up too much time anyways. But basically, he said, any pitcher that threw more than X number of pitches in a week or in a game on average, or threw this many games in a row, or had this many mounds overall in the year or whatever, like he kind of had a formula to, yes. to calculate what he called the wrap on these relievers. Number one, by the way, on his top 10 was Suguru. It was, was Zacky. Yeah. It was the Zack attack. But what's your argument with that? I don't think that... He, I, I think he's strong enough to withstand that kind of usage. You didn't see any drop-off in his numbers from one year to the next. Yeah. Like, you look at Zacky's numbers over the years, and his numbers last year, I can't give you the, the exact number of times that he um, was used three days in succession, which is one of the biggest um, things that causes the rap number to go up. But, you know, you look at his numbers over the past five seasons, six, seven seasons, we'll go back seven seasons. Um, his number of mounds going back to 2017, 66, 61, 48, 41, 62, 57, 60. Right. Um, only one of those years did he have a poor ERA, and that was back in 2018. He had a 494 ERA. All his other ERAs were 265 or under. So I'm not discouraged at all by his rap number being high. Okay. The rest of our team, though, so what he what this guy said was that anyone with a number of over, what did he say? Over 1,200 is quite dangerous. Over a thousand is also a bit of a, you know, warning. There's there should be a warning sign on that. If right. a person has that many rap points, rap, yeah, points, whatever. Um, and so we had Iwasaki with fifteen oh five, which is really high. That was number one. After that, the next highest is Iwasada with nine seventy nine, which means he's not he's not on the radar as someone that That's should be looked right. out for, yeah. right? So our, our our only guy is Iwasaki. You look at the carp. They've got Shimauchi, Yazaki, Kuribayashi, 
and Omichi all with over a thousand, including three of those guys with over 1300. Okay. Mm. So the second place team in the league abused their relievers last year pretty badly. And those are some pretty major names, right? Uh, Shimochi is their eighth inning guy. Yazaki was their closer for half of the year and Kuribayashi was their closer for the other half of the year. So their three most important pitchers got abused (laughs) based on these, this, this system. Um, the base stars, Wendell Ken had the second highest rap in the central league at 1495. So just 10 points behind, uh, Zaki, right? Mm -hmm. Him, Ise, Chatani, and Yamazaki were all over a thousand. Okay. So those are the second and third place teams with four relievers that could regress this year because of the abuse that their arms faced last year. The Giants had two. And remember, the Giants are a terrible bullpen to begin with. And yet two of their guys are in there, both up at 1,200 plus. And Yakult had three with Shimizu, Kizawa, and Taguchi. Taguchi being their closer and Shimizu being their eighth inning guy. So those two guys are in there as well. And then the Dragons. I shouldn't say who care about, who cares about the Dragons, but who cares about the Dragons? Well, they had two <laughs> guys. So all I'd say, I mean, other, you know, other teams did use their relievers quite recklessly, you know, and it, and it is debatable, but based on those numbers, we use our pitchers most sparingly and we maybe spread out the load more. And I think we're destined to have a stronger bullpen than any other team. And I'm going to go on record right now and say that Zaki is not going to be as abused this year because the, the Okada is going to spread that load to both uh, Oyokawa and actually Gerita Javigera. Mm. So yep. we're not going to be at 1500 for Zaki anymore. No, I don't think so either. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, that said, I like what the Buffaloes do. They automatically, if anyone has thrown two games in a row, they automatically do not have them on the bench that next game. So they make sure at all costs that nobody pitches three games in a row. And I think the Tigers, as a general rule, try to do that. Um, But of course, in crucial situations, like I think in that three game stretch against the Carp in September last year, I think Zachy threw in all three of those stuff like that. You know, there are exceptions to the rule. And there's uh, there's also, I I read this, you you might have too, is that even when they know they're not going to pitch someone, they mm-hmm. kind of hide that fact from the other team just to keep them guessing. So mm-hmm. like the pitcher that's not going to pitch that day is given the day off. He'll leave out the back door and the other team won't know that he's not there. Right. That's pretty good. I like that. Okay. Well, the seventh reason that I've got that we have a great chance is that actually our two closest rivals kind of got weakened as far as the roster goes. Um, the Carp, who finished in second place, lost one of their best hitters in Ryoma Nishikawa. He signed as a free agent with the Oryx Buffaloes. And the compensation player they got back was a 19-year-old pitcher who has great promise, but probably not great 2024 promise. So the Carp's bats, in theory, are weaker in 2024. That said, I've heard they've got some really good bats to replace Nishikawa, but unproven bats. Yep. And the Bay Stars. Well, when you lose your two best pitchers, um, well, that's arguable because Azuma is the one that won the uh, the best nine at pitcher, but they lost Imanaga to the Cubs and Trevor Bauer, who knows where he is and where he's going, but he's not on their roster either. So losing those two main starters makes them significantly weaker. And so again, I'm looking at our two biggest rivals and saying they did not make themselves better this offseason, at least, you know, on paper. And so that bodes well for us. 
Just one question though: Is it a hundred percent certainty that Bauer is not coming back? Because I understood that that might still be a, a possibility, however sl- slim it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he has declared uh, or it hasn't been ruled that he's not going to be back. But um, you know, but he is so marketing he himself hasn't. at he's, he is marketing himself to every major league team at the league minimum price. Yes. Yes, and he did no say that. And no, no one says yes. No, nobody has said yes. And, you know, it's interesting to read the comments sometimes. I don't do this, you know, by rule. I try not to do it. But a lot of fans of a lot of teams are saying, sign them. What's that? What could, what could go wrong? Um, and I say, yeah, please do. <laughs> sign them to a different, sign them in a different league. Um, last year, didn't he sign with the Bay Stars in March? He wasn't at camp. I don't think. I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah. That said, you know, even if he does suddenly make a move and sign with a team here, um, I think, you know, the Bay Stars will probably be his top priority in the sense that he's already familiar with them. But um, I think the Hawks are another option for him because they'll actually put a more attractive offer on the table. If he says, hey, I'm interested to come back to Japan, I think he'll probably end up with SoftBank. I wouldn't put it past them. Well, we'll see. Well, anyways, have you got any other good reasons that the Tigers are going to win in 2024? I think you've covered them all. But really, one thing though, I'm, Okada has said this before, he's preached this before, and I think he is spot on, is that if you do the normal things normally, we're good enough to win. Mm-hmm. He also said this team is capable of winning. Like he said, I feel better about this team than I did about last year's team. He also said he wants to win more this year than last year. Yes. Okay, so that's reason number eight. Okada is motivated. <laughs> not that he wasn't last year or anything like that, but yeah. He's not going to let this team down, I don't think. Yeah. All right. Well, um, just for fun, let's hit the predictions music. What's going to happen? What's the record going to be? What's going to happen? What's the record going to be? What's going to happen? What's the record going to be? What's going to happen? What's the record going to be? See the future. Yes, they can. Check it out. H10 predictions. See the future. Yes, they can. Check it out. H10 predictions. What's going to happen? What's the record going to be? And we do this basically to tell you that we are coming back with. What did I tell you? I think I told you, Sanjay, right? Is it the eighth annual? We started in 2017. So, yeah, eighth annual CL predictions contest is coming your way. I don't have the details ready for anyone just yet, but start thinking about how you think the teams are going to finish in 2024. There's no penalty if you go against everything we said today and don't put the Tigers in first place. But I have a feeling, Sanjay, like this uh, last year, I think around 70% of the people who entered had the Tigers in first. I feel like this year it might be 100. Uh, I, I'm going to think that if we get any uh, predictions from your competitor blogs, you know, the mm. NA fans or the Yakult 12 fans, then they yeah. might bring your unanimous number. But from the Tigers fans, yeah, 
True, true, true. Yes. Well, Sanjay, I appreciate the work that you've done on today's show. And I think that we did a better job on this show than we did on the last one. Not quality-wise, but certainly like the answers that we gave, they were a lot <laughs> more digestible. No? Yeah, let's go with that. Yes. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of H10. Thank you for tuning in. If you haven't gotten your fill of us, we are out there on the internet. Patreon, the website, X, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. I've got a daily sports column in Japanese if you want to try out your Nihongo. We've also got, uh, I'm doing some Japan Ball newsletter writing if you want to get in on that action and get all sorts of NPB news in your inbox. Sign up for that as well. Special thanks to Infraction for the theme music, Show for mixing the pod for us, and Sanjay, of course, for being the most steady sidekick in all of podcasting. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, as always. Lo loads of fun. It's a pleasure. All right, catch you all next time. Let's go, Tigers! Gambari Hanshin! Gambari Hanshin!